stuff. Tampa Bay's Tan Talk Radio Network. my wonderful oldest son who's announcing that and that's really cool and we are in the studio live tonight if you want to participate tonight it's a great night for you to pick up the phone and call in with questions or comments 727-441-3000 i am mama mac and with me is my co-host who are you i never remember no i do i tease you that's all yes you do you tease me a lot Yes. I'm Dr. Angel. Dr. Angel. Yes, you are. Dr. Angel Falzoni, our resident expert, licensed mental health counselor and Ph.D. and working in the field on a daily basis. And so that's where we get our expertise around here. And uh, we are very, very grateful for that. And we started a new series last week, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But we want to remind people that we have a website where they can go and see titled shows and also they can catch them right here on tantalknetwork.com go to podcasts and go to go yard the name of the show and you can find all kinds of shows and our website why would they go to our website well our website has our shows titled titled so that they can find a show that relates to where they are what they need right now in the moment exactly and that is goyard2014.org because that's the year we began this show and this is 2018 and that means this year in september will be our fourth anniversary can you believe it no (laughs) <laughs> it just feels like it's I by. know and we have so much fun doing the show we really really enjoy it somebody just asked you out here in the lobby what is your show about yeah and I'd like for you to answer that right now in case we have some new listeners right this moment that's great our show is a life coaching show it's uh, helping you hit those home runs in life live not just getting by but living well living right. on top of it Right. In other words, learning to deal with things in your life and not just let those get worse and worse as the years go by, right? Right. You know, not putting them on the shelf and say, oh, I'll deal with it later. And then you, before long, you're just feeling buried and all kinds of stuff. So getting it out and moving forward. And go yard really does mean, in baseball term terminology, hitting a home run. So we want to do that with the the situations going on in our lives. We will we always know there will be times we get a base hit, you know, or we might strike out. But we our goal is to learn to live life better, isn't it? In a in a higher degree of satisfaction and passion and all of that. Absolutely. You know, I I sit down. I have the privilege of sitting down with lots of people. And when we talk about life and what do they want, you know, they're never like, oh, I just want this, you know, mundane life or I just wake up and go to work and pay bills every day. That's not what people want. Really? But that's where they find themselves. But they settle. They, they settle. Do. You know, half, you know, half-hearted relationships, you know, right. holding on to, you know, hurts in their family or from their past or whatever. And they, they, I've never had someone sit there and tell me that, 
They just yeah, want a mediocre life. under, you know, a pile of garbage. But they are. <laughs> but but our lives really reflect what we do think so often about ourselves, right? True. So many people get stuck thinking they don't deserve anything better. And we're not talking about a bigger house or a bigger car. We're talking about peace and rest and learning how to deal with issues that have happened in our lives and not let those boil over and consume us and carry us all these years, right? Right. It's contentment. It's, you know, knowing you're living the best life for you in this moment and time. Exactly. And we have titled, this is part two tonight, of how does your past affect your present? And we know that it does. Oh, yeah. In so many ways. And we are really going to get into some cool stuff tonight. But as we start this show tonight, last week you gave us five examples of patients that you've had. And these are real life people. Mm-hmm. But I want to go back to the uh, one, um, uh, uh, the second one, the 70 year old man. Yes. Uh, would you talk about that one more time? And if anybody missed last week's show, you can go to tantalknetwork.com, go to podcasts after the show, go to Go Yard, and you can pick up last week's show. Go ahead. The 70-year-old man, and he has no name because we don't name them. So he's 70 years old. Him and his wife come in for marriage counseling, and he is really still angry that his wife had an affair earlier in their relationship before they had any kids, and their kids were in their upper 40s, so this was a long time ago. Long time ago. And he is just so angry about that still that he wants to make her pay, and so he's mean, very mean, and he's degrading to her, and, you know, this is what brought them in the door, but it was almost like he's proud of I'm making her pay for that affair, which came out over the course of probably months before we really got to the bottom of. Okay, so where they didn't meanest- walk in. Let's get a right. picture here. They didn't walk in and say, "I." Uh, she didn't sit down and say, "I'm mad at him because he's mean to me all the time," and he says, "I'm mean because you had that affair." That no, didn't it didn't just happen. happen no. Because me as a pastor, I've counseled many people, and it doesn't just come out. It takes a while for it to come out until yes. they begin to trust you, until you ask the, just the right question at the right moment, etc. But when we got down to the root, being the root digger that I yes, am, yes, you are a root digger. Um, that's where the bottom line was. He was still very angry about this affair that she had okay. many, 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 many years ago. Okay, so when that was brought to light and he admitted that that was his problem and that's why he's making her pay, did it get resolved? I'm just curious. I was thinking about this example. Did it get resolved? Did they deal with it? You know, they did deal with it. Okay. And it, it took some time. They were with me for probably about nine months total, but they okay. did deal with it and right. learn more healthy patterns and actually find that forgiveness that he really needed to find because he took her back. You know, he said he forgave her, but he didn't forgive her. And doesn't that happen a lot of times when a spouse has strayed from a marriage or, you know, that type of thing? Doesn't it happen a lot of times? Oh, it takes yes. a while you know, to, to really... You might let say it go. You might say it. Take and, them back. Still build this life. And, you know, but you're still 40. I think it was like 46 years of, you know, being faithful didn't change the fact that she had this affair and that pain it caused him. Right. But it took him to be very brave to go in there and look and at deal that. with it. He must have actually loved her. Oh, yes. To go he through did. all I those mean, years. Obviously, we had, right. you know, a lot to build on there. Okay, so so what we started talking about last night, we introduced this whole concept of learning to become vulnerable, and we talked about that for maybe 30 minutes last week, and I would encourage you guys, go listen to the first show on this series, because that's a huge piece to getting free of the old grudges and resentments and the things that are still affecting you now, your present. So our question is, How does your past affect your present? It does. Absolutely. It does, especially if there's unresolved garbage back there, right? Absolutely. And it affects our emotions, our relationships, what we think of ourselves, what goals we set. Like, it can affect every part of our life. You know, I'm a realtor also, besides a pastor and besides a TV era TV. Yeah, that'd be great. Radio uh, person here. But I have been in all kinds of houses through my years. And I mean... And I've used this metaphor before, but it bears 
it bears witness right here with this. And just recently, I have been seeing, I saw two or three really, really bad homes. I mean, where there were tons of animals inside, living inside. Um, one house, I don't, did I mention this on this show or was it on our Sunday show? One house was just built like 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. And it was totally destroyed on the inside. The smell was so overpowering that would just absolutely knock you over, which it did me. I was just like, it was as our, my buyers and I were in there and I couldn't get out quick enough, but basically the hoarding thing, a lot of food and a lot of garbage, just garbage sitting around in this house, along with all these animals that have not been cared for properly, but garbage smells is my point. Yes. Okay, if you leave it in your house too long, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. It's going to rot. Yes, it will. And really, that's what happens with this concept right here, is that these grudges, they're, they're like garbage down on the inside of us. You mentioned that word and it made me think of that house. But no, it's a great um, word picture for that because it's true. It's emotional garbage. And right. just because we can't see it in the physical doesn't mean it's still it's not stinking up our life. Right. Exactly. So we got to do something about it. And that's why we're doing these shows. So we so often hold on to these grudges. Does everybody want to carry the grudge? Is that is that their desire? Oh, I've got a grudge and it's mine and I've got a badge here of honor because I have this grudge. Well, you know, it's funny because I, I think it's a mixed um feeling with it because there there is a part of a grudge that it's part of your identity it kind of if to let that go means i have to let go of the bad thing that happened to give me that grudge and that's kind of a part of my identity but at the same time i hate the feelings that having this grudge bring on to me so it's this um fight this battle within a person really when it comes to grudges okay explain how a grudge can be your identity because i would think that if a grudge is an unpleasant experience right Mm -hmm. would we say that would we all agree with that that a grudge is something that's happened to you that's been painful that's been terrible that somebody wronged you i guess that's what i'm looking for isn't that usually Mm -hmm. the definition of a grudge yep they come we make them when um we feel like we've been wronged in some way Okay, mm-hmm. so when that's the case and we we have been wronged and suddenly it becomes a part of us, not just instantaneously, does this take time? Yes, the longer we have it, the more it's becoming a part of who we are. Okay, and how does that happen? How do we just say, I, we don't say, oh, I want this grudge to be a part of me? No, what we start having is unresolved anger okay. and disappointment or whatever those negative feelings are from being wronged start we start harboring those and then we start taking it out on the person that caused the grudge or that we think caused this like bad this incident to happen man right right and so the longer we hold on to it absolutely the more part of our identity so what happens is i have this grudge i thought i was wronged and so i'm holding on to it. i need to be angry at this person because i need to feel right and being wronged do you know what i'm saying absolutely kind of I, I need to to feel okay about having these ill feelings, right? Right. And if I let go of this, then I'm like saying it was okay to be wronged. Right. And so instead of... Right. That's the misconception <laughs> of people thinking it is. is that letting go means I'm a, I'm saying it was okay what happened and it wasn't okay. And it's been my experience that when you run into somebody and deal with them it, it, that's a wronged person, a person that's a victim, a person that's had awful things happen to them and carries around grudges, they want you to be on board with them on their that side of the fence, and they want you to hate that person too, or they want you to feel terrible towards that person. And, 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 and in essence, what it does is make them feel better about themselves that, it was that person. It's not, there's nothing wrong with me that I'm still carrying the grudge. It's that person for what they did to me. It's Let's talk about that. Absolutely. And there is a validation. Validation. That I like that word. That. Yes, because validation. Then, you know, people are validating you were wronged. You know, right. and a lot of times we don't, person who wrongs us doesn't come up to us and say, you know, I really apologize for wronging you 10 years ago when I X, Y, Z. Like, we don't get that from not, the other person. Not usually. Why not? Very rarely. Well, let's talk about that. Most people don't, first of all, maybe they don't realize that they did it, that you feel wronged. Um, a lot of times it's, they don't see it. They don't know it. 
Um, or maybe there it doesn't matter to them. Right. And it can be a lot of reasons in between. But uh, what I found, like, especially in families, is a lot of people just don't really realize what happened that may hurt your feelings. Exactly. And we don't talk about what the happened. We just, now my feelings are hurt and you're the evil person. And so. And so, okay, let's talk about a marriage situation. Okay. okay. So, cause that's a common place to get a lot of hurt feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the wife feels like the husband has not been sensitive to her in whatever issue, whatever, helping with the kids. Okay. Uh, the, he said he would do baths at night and he only does them maybe once every three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, he said he would take them to the, you know, park, but he only gets that done once a month, you know? And so those feelings begin to, to mount, yeah. right? Right. Okay. And it would be best if the wife could say, wait a minute, you said this and you're not doing it. What can we do about that? Or how can we work this out? But that's not what happens, is it? No. Why not? Well, because we, I don't know why people don't talk about their feelings. I guess feelings can be really challenging for people to talk about. Once, you know, you agree to something, I just expect you to follow through 100%. Nobody, nobody's perfect. Um, and instead of talking about, I'm feeling really disappointed because you said you would do this and you're not doing this and talking about that before it ever becomes a real issue. But it, what don't. if you're married to someone that you've tried that? Okay, I'm just okay. gonna I'll put this devil's advocate out there. No, I like okay? that. And you've tried that, and you've said, you know, when you do this, I feel this, which mm-hmm. is the way you're supposed to communicate, right? Yes. When this happens, you had told me you would do this. It's I'm not feeling. You're not, mm-hmm. I am feeling this, and what you get is somebody throws a plate across the room and starts screaming and yelling and profanity and telling you that you just need to shut up and I'm doing the best I can and retaliates with anger. Maybe not that intense to throw a plate, but that just, I threw that in there for, you know, effect, but, but, or they pout for three weeks and they don't speak to you. They sleep on the couch. Well, I would dare to tell you have a lot bigger issues than, than that relationship. Because all relationships need to be able to share those feelings, talk about that, and process it at some level. If we can't have this two-way conversation, we don't really have much. So that kind of person who can't hear that I'm feeling I disappointed someone because I didn't follow through with something or some their feelings are negative because of some result of me and we can't talk about it and I'm pitching a fit or whining or getting angry, we have there's bigger issues. That person has a lot bigger issues. What are the bigger issues? Well, could be a whole lot of stuff (laughs) (laughs) under there. But that's a serious issue, and that's one that's going to need professional help. It's probably going to need professional help if they can't communicate at all and resolve the the thing, right? But what I have found in the counseling room is that most people's not that they can't communicate, is that they don't communicate. I, I totally agree from my years of pastoral counseling. It's not they can't. They could if they really wanted to. But a lot of times they avoid the difficult things because they don't want any kind of a problem. And if they can just live on the surface with that person, Instead of in the in the depth of a relationship, but just on the surface, keeping everything kind of so so. They're they've learned to be happy and settle. Well, they avoid vulnerability, and that goes back to how we started last week's show. And that we both walked out of here saying, "Wow, where'd that come from?" Out of us because we didn't expect to start the series with that. Mm -hmm. But isn't that a huge key? We learn as we do these shows. Uh, We learn ourselves, but isn't that a huge key to getting over a grudge? Is vulnerability absolutely. And it doesn't mean you have to be vulnerable with the person that you feel wronged you, but you need to be vulnerable at some level to work through those bad feelings, the true bad feeling, whatever it is you're feeling that ha- from that wrong, you need to be able to express that. It's toxic when you keep it in. Um, you can't, but it's a vulnerability. What if I put this deep feeling out there and someone thinks I'm stupid for it or they judge me or there's a lot. And that happens. Or use it against me. That happens. Yeah, it and can be scary. And what it does, it effectively shuts down the person who's trying to be vulnerable, open, and honest and get a resolution to a problem in the relationship. And it eventually takes its toll and the person clams up and doesn't try anymore. Correct? Yeah, absolutely correct. Um, stuff, and, stuff, stuff it. And then being vulnerable itself 
you have to feel that feeling to express it and talk about it and process it. So you got to be willing to kind of feel some of those feelings again for a little bit to get rid of them. Okay. And a lot of people, as soon as that feeling starts to come up, they're like, yeah, no, 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 no. And they're stuffing it back down. Back down. Yeah. I remember that little thing I saw in one of my clients kitchen years ago. We've talked about this on the show. He who stuffeth puffeth. It's true. Yeah. So if you just keep stuffing, you will eventually blow up. You do. You do. And you, it may take a while. Mm -hmm. Some people are really good stuffers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, they build these walls that we talked about masks and the facades last week, not being authentic and they can make these beautiful masks on the outside, but on the inside, they're like just garbage. There's Mm -hmm. garbage all in there that they Mm -hmm. just keep piling up. And like the house I showed last week that was so full of garbage and every other awful thing you can imagine. Um, when, when that stuff's in there, you're saying it eventually comes out, but it also smells. So it may not like totally be exposed for what it is, but it will come out in irritability, in anger, in uh, pulling away from someone and not caring at all what they really think, putting your head in the sand and ignoring, you know, your husband's problem or whatever, whatever the case. Right. It does come out in other Doesn't ways. It? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Not only that, but also in physical ailments. Uh-huh. Didn't, did we touch on this last week? But that's something I really wanted to talk about. I, I don't know if we did or if we didn't. I don't think I don't we did. Know if, but it does come out. When you hold those kind of toxic feelings, those angers, resentment, and hurt, when you're feeling like a victim in something and you hang on to that, you're going to see it come out in headaches. You're going to see it coming out and getting sick more often. We're going to see cardiovascular issues, skeletal fractures, like any of those high autoimmune deficiency disorders, any of those high um, stress related disorders. This is it. one of those things that is high connection with it. And people don't make that connection, right? That some of this feelings I have is making me more vulnerable to making you sicker. Making me sicker. Isn't there a medical connection with cancer with bitterness? I have heard this for years. I have read this in different journals. Well, absolutely. Some cancers are absolutely linked to those toxic emotions is really what it is. Bitterness being one of those. Anger being another one. Grudges. bitterness goes right along with what we're talking about. Absolutely. And so, yes, we're leaving ourselves vulnerable in a lot of areas in our life. And we don't realize it. And then we're kind of paying the cost of it and it's happening and we feel like we have no control over it and then the problem the physical ailment the disease or whatever takes center stage and they treat the symptom not really the underlying cause right true and it's funny because there's been a lot more connection now with some of these diseases and mental health treatment because we have seen that get that root of there right you know yes there's a physical component but there's an emotional component it's all about What'd you call it? Root what? The root under the physical ailment. Yeah, yeah, that root thing. Woo! All right, we'll be right back. Listen to this music. Stay with us. This is Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my Independent Ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at mkramer, K-R-A-M-E-R, dot myplexus, P-L-E-X-U-S, products, dot com. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network.
That's good. Do you know those words? The past is behind me. I've made a decision. I don't have them in front of me, but the, both songs are actually very yeah. good. The first one was from Stephen Curtis Chapman. I don't remember the title, and um, but they were both very, very good. good. Very good. Welcome back to the second half of Go Yard. I'm Mama Mac here with Dr. Angel. As we are here every Thursday night and excited to be here, just got a text from some listeners. And you can text us during the show if you don't want to call in. That's fine. 727 888 4171 comes right to my phone. 727-888-4171 comes right to my phone. Or if you want to call in in this half hour, 727-441-3000. You know, this is a new year and we're taking new sponsors. Uh, Megan has been sponsoring with us for a long time on her business. And of course, that's my real estate business that we, and we're, we're looking for new sponsors, and our rates are very, very reasonable. So if you want to have some professionally uh, produced uh, commercials for your business, just get a hold of me. Actually, you can text me at that 727-888-4171 or send it to our email, goyard2014 at gmail.com. And uh, ask me for the rates and I'll send them to you because we're looking for some new sponsors. We are in a new series, second night of this series, How Does Your Past Affect Your Present? How does it? Does it? We've answered the question now. The answer is, what is the answer? Does it? It does. It does. Absolutely. If you let it. If you let it. And now, and I think it does to everybody to a degree. It's how we deal with it when we recognize it, right? Yes, that's very true. I mean, we are a product of every experience we've ever had that that becomes our identity and who we are. We can't just take away the bad experiences and pretend like they didn't exist. They do. And they refine us into part of the person we are, like it or not. Right. And we know from uh, counseling that you've done, I've done, that people can have something happen to them 30 years ago, 20 years ago, an abortion, for instance, mm-hmm. or um, or a rape or something terrible thing that's happened. And it, it does, if they don't deal with it and really deal with it, it's going to come back up. It oh, it just, will not go and not, away. And not just those kinds of serious, serious things, but just dis- issues that have not been dealt with. Right. You know, feeling like a parent preferred your sibling over well, you. Well, that was Can one we, of the I questions know. from I, last I've week. I've dealt with that in a lot of cases. That's actually a theme. Really? I've had quite a few cases of one sibling felt like they were the favorite, which caused the other ones to have this resentment and anger and hatred toward the other sibling or toward the parent, depending on who the person was. But that's a or kind a of child a, feeling that they are they were not loved like the other siblings. Uh, another really common theme I've dealt with in adults is somebody making fun of somebody when they were kids yeah, and bullying them maybe, or just not letting them in their play group or whatever and carrying that into their thirties, forties, fifties, and really mm-hmm. hating that person that at nine, 10, 12 years old. And right. You know, and it, not being able to recognize that was a kid. Right. And not knowing how to let go and forgiveness, which we're going to talk more about probably next week as we talk about healing these things. Let's define a grudge because that's what we're really talking about. And how do we maintain those grudges? Okay. Uh, I mean, what do we do with them? You know, like I maintain my car by I wash it, you know, and I clean it and I get any trash out of it. Although I've known people who didn't maintain their vehicle at all. And you open the door and it was really smelly. Another good oh. metaphor for for this, but I love cleaning my car. Um, but a grudge is kind of like, like a filthy, dirty car full of uh, old food that's stale and rotten or a house. That's what that way. Can you define a grudge though? Absolutely. So a grudge is a persistent feeling of ill will or resentment resulting from a past insult or injury. A persistent feeling of resentment or ill will or ill will. And it's towards a person towards somebody. Yeah. Okay. All right. Not just about an event, but no. it, it, there's a person. If you have a to grudge, it. you're, it's against a person. Okay. So you can have a. Because uh, you want something bad to happen to them. You know, everyone's like, oh, karma. You know, I hear that a lot, you know, because they did this to me. I can't wait for karma. To, I just hope I live long enough to see it catch up to them. That's a grudge. That's a grudge. So a grudge is worse than just an issue where we are having a hard time forgiving. Yeah, it's deeper than unforgiveness. Unforgiveness okay. is always a part of a grudge. 
Unforgiveness is always a part of a grudge. Write that down, folks, because that is always. Why do you say you don't usually give absolutes? I don't give absolutes very often. So this is important because you can't, when you forgive somebody, real forgiveness doesn't mean you want something bad to happen to them. And a resentment means you're waiting for, a. you have this negative ill will. Well, that's not forgiveness. It's the opposite of forgiveness. So if you're having a grudge issue, you have unforgiveness. But not all unforgiveness issues have grudges. Exactly. So you can have something that's still bugging you and you haven't been able to forgive it. But it doesn't mean it did not get to the level of a grudge. So we're saying a grudge is far worse than just something that you're mad about, angry about, can't seem to get out of your head. A grudge is where you've taken it on as a part of you, which you talked about last week some, about the identity. It's part of you. It is. It is part of our identity. It defines a piece of who we are. Okay. And we we do spend a lot of energy trying to maintain this grudge. How do you maintain a grudge? I know. That was it's a good question. You're thinking about the event a lot. Okay. You're thinking about the person that caused the event a lot because you're really waiting for that thing to happen. I mean, I've watched people trying to stalk their grudge person on social media, just waiting for something to go wrong. Like they spend energy thinking about it. Oh my gosh. And wanting that to happen and making sure other people know so they can't like that person or that they're on your side with this grudge kind of thing. So it takes a lot of energy um, because you can't, you're not letting it go. You're hanging on. So it's in your moment. It's in your present. Okay. So it's a part of you. It's very definitely a part of you. You are giving it energy, time, focus, attention, words constantly. And you want other people to get on that same grudge boat with you. And probably everybody knows you who knows you knows about your grudge. Grudges usually aren't real secret. Some people might have them in secret, but most people talk about them. They talk about them a lot. Keeps them alive. Right. So they you they they live their grudge. Mm-hmm. It's more than just it happened in the past and oh yeah that happened to me and go on with the conversation. No, they have to go on and on and on about it, right? And most people who have hard yes, and most people who ha- hold on to grudges are constantly feeling the painful feelings they felt of the original injury. They're just stuck in wow. those feelings. Wow. So they don't want to deal with that. So uh. I'm going to stuff those feelings and I'm just going to hate the other person. Or want something bad to happen to them. Or never want to talk to them again. Or whatever it is that you're doing in that grudge. So when you're maintaining this grudge and you really want something bad to happen to that person, how can you really be happy in your life and feel fulfilled and whatever? You can't. You can't. You're so worried about the other person, you're not working on yourself. You're not working in your life. It's interesting that you said that they can stalk people on social media. Oh, yeah. But I imagine a lot of these grudge holders actually stalk in person also. Sometimes they do. Um, They'll keep doing drive-bys just to see Mm -hmm. if, you know, something. Did they get evicted from their house? Like, they keep waiting for something bad to happen to this person Mm -hmm. so they can pay for what they did. So this is not just a common thing with older people that have held grudges for a number of years. Kids can develop grudges. Oh, absolutely. Teenagers, young adults. The, the younger the person is with the grudge, the easier it is to work through, though, because the longer we have it, the more of who I am is part of this grudge. Right. Wow. Ooh. So there's a strength to this grudge. There is a strength in this grudge because it validates my feeling of being wrong. Okay. And so there is that there is a strength in having that grudge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's, it's, we've been a victim. This awful thing has happened. And have you been, I know you have in the counseling room, but have you, I'm just going to ask you as a person socially, have you been in an event or a situation sitting around a table or something any, anytime Dr. Angel where a grudge holder began, begins to talk about their grudge? Oh yeah. Okay. So what do you notice about that person, and how do you know it's a grudge? Oh, you know it's a grudge. First of all, I look at body language. They're stiffening up. They're kind of like you can see their breathing change, their heart rate changing as they're just talking about it. Oh, yeah, but I notice those little details. Yeah, but you would. But, I mean, can other people feel it? Oh, you can feel it. It is like you could cut the room in half. Like you just feel this tension overarching the whole room. And if the grudge holder, you know, the one that they're holding the grudge against walks in the room, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's uncomfortable. 
Right. The looks, the glares, the stares, or ignoring and trying to pretend like they're not there. It's some, you know, passive aggressive kind of behaviors happening. Wow. Wow. I agree with you. I think you're right on this. I've seen it. <laughs> Not that I should tell you that you're right, but still, I've seen it too. And so when you do that, and let's say that you're a friend of the person that's holding the grudge, do you have any responsibility besides prayer to talk to that to your friend? I, I feel like if you're a friend, you do have responsibility to help your friend recognize that this is a grudge. This is not helpful for them. And that they need to, you know, start working through it and letting it go. What if they say, I don't have a grudge. I'm fine. I just, I'm just still upset about it, but I don't have a grudge. I've heard that from people. Yeah, some people don't have that kind of insight in themselves. And, <laughs> but, and we can't make someone see something they don't see. Right. But a friend would be honest with another friend. Or a spouse. Or a spouse. You know, if spouse has heard the same story over and over again for 10 years of being married to this person of what the mother did or the father did to them or the uncle or whatever the case may be, it's time to really deal with it, right? And help your spouse understand it. It is. And it's, we can't just ignore it and we can't just keep letting someone go on in it. I mean, I had a friend, wow, this is a long time ago, but I had a friend who had a grudge and constantly it was almost in every conversation we had over the course of years, the same incident coming up. And finally, one day I looked at her and I'm like, if you're not going to do something about it, I don't want to hear about it. Whoa. I'm, I'm done. So unless you're working through it to try and seek forgiveness and move forward with your life, I can't keep hearing the same. What was her response? Event. She was kind of shocked. Well, yeah. She when wasn't you, expecting when you, that. When you get that bold. I had to because it was just becoming like I didn't even want to be with this friend Well, anymore. no, because if a person and, and grudge holders tend to do this, right? Mm -hmm. This is kind of a way you can tell if it's a grudge versus just an old resentment. Am I correct on that or not? Oh, yeah. They'll, they have to keep it alive, and that's that energy. We're maintaining it, and talking about it is really important. And you know how we get hyped up as we're doing this show. But, you know, we're, we're like, I want to make these points. But grudge holders do that very thing. Oh, it's yeah. been my experience. I've watched grudge holders, and they can get kind of hyped up about telling you again just how awful it was. And, oh, if you just knew what this person was really like. And the anger really and boils. And they, you know, they, yeah. can, they can clench their teeth. And oh, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm, hmm. Well, you know, and then the anger really, really boils when something good happens to the person that... <laughs> <laughs> cause them the injury and they're like i don't understand how did they get that promotion at work or how do they you know this why is everything good happening to them they're a horrible person how is this happening you know and they get so built with anger so if that was happening and you were listening to this and this is your good friend and you're hearing them just go nuts over the something good that happened to the person that hurt them what would you say dr angel to your friend well, I'm, gonna be, I'm putting you on the spot, you are, girl. You are putting me on the spot. But I think it might help some of our listeners. I mean, I love my friends enough to be honest with them. And so my response back would be, what difference does it make to you what's happening to them? Why is this impacting you? Okay, that's a good thought-provoking question. Because you're living your life, they're living theirs. So why does their life still have an effect on you? Because I can guarantee they're not thinking about, about you. what you're doing. Okay, so... Have you ever done that? Have I had that conversation? Yes. Have Absolutely. you ever done that? All right. What kind of responses have you ever gotten? I get some confused ones. Audience, you can tell. We don't, we have no <laughs> idea where we're going in these shows. We just go with it. And this is, she has no idea why I'm asking no. her all this. Um, I've had some confused ones. I've had people get angry with me with that. And you just don't understand. And I can't believe you're not taking my side. What kind of friend are you? And then I had some people like get mad and go reflect and say, you know what? Wow. I thought about that. You're right. Right. You know, so that would be the best outcome if somebody could be by being confronted. People don't like to be confronted. Well, they don't. And I'm not saying you have to be mean about a confrontation. No, no, just no, no. Truthful. Just truthful. What, why is that coming up again? Why are. And I reflect. Well, I like to reflect it back on them. Like, yeah. You know, mirror it back, letting them see where they're at. I mean, we can use logic all day long, but with grudges, it's a feeling thing. So they don't, most oh, people don't see logic. Oh, that's huge. Grudges are a feeling thing, not necessarily logical? No. So as much logic as you can lay out 
feelings override that logic. So it doesn't matter if I can prove this case to you in factual, logical sense. Your feelings are real and they're valid. Even if the event never happened the way you feel like it did, Mm -hmm. your feelings are still real and valid and they need to be dealt with. And so, okay, so when this is happening and somebody is feeling this and it's on the surface and you're kind of bringing it to their attention in a nice, polite way of like, what's going on here, you know? Right, and so my goal with people is kind of putting the mirror at them, letting them see back into their life. Right. Hmm. Okay. These are some good ideas for our audience and for us, too, as we deal with people. But we can set, you know, nicely set that boundary of, you know, I don't, want to keep going in this conversation with you. I can see you're still really impacted by this and it's difficult for you, but I think, you know, maybe you need to work through it or can we just not have this conversation because it will destroy friendships. Absolutely. It will. So what would be the incentive of a person that is a grudge holder? It's got a really bad, awful thing that's happened and, Got a big, huge axe to grind. What would be their incentive to hang on to it? Let's go back over that briefly. We kind of touched on that last week. But for those of you out there who say, or just now, the wheels are turning and you're going, oh my gosh, that's my mother-in-law, or that's my friend, or that's my neighbor, or whatever, co-worker, and what's the incentive? Because when we understand the incentive, maybe we'll understand better how to help them. Well, one of the big the one of the big incentives is is they don't they're not ready to let go of their identity of being wronged. Okay, so that's part of their identity. Because when I can let everybody know I was wrong, it kind of makes me have this false sense of rightness. It also puts you at the center of attention sometimes. Oh, victim mentality, absolutely. And that can be a identity in and of itself. I was wronged this way and now I'm this victim and you know it's why I act the way I do. It can be the crutch for missing a lot of marks in our life. Missing a lot of marks in our life. Yeah, doing something to make our life better. You know, I've heard people, oh, I, I can't go to college, blah, blah, blah. This happened to me, and no, that's just, that, that can't happen. Mm-hmm. One and two, didn't, it didn't add up. Mm-hmm. And they use it. It's their crutch for not doing something to better themselves or not moving forward or not. You're talking you know. about excuses. They're That's just, excuse. you know, excuses to not change this because it's a part of me and I'm comfortable with it and I'm used to it. It, it, it Think about Dr. Angel, and I'm going back to this example, but hoarders. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I don't know. If, did you ever see that show on TV? No. Oh, oh, wow. Mm. Anyway, hoarders, they don't seem to that you can reason with them all day long and they have to collect stuff they have to for whatever reason you know sometimes it's because they had nothing as a child and whatever the case may be whatever but there's there's a justification down inside that's what i'm trying to get at mm-hmm. and and is that what you're saying grudgers yeah they tend have to justify yes. absolutely and it's all about that justification it's about that identity of this wrong event happened to me and I can't separate it from who I am because then it's like saying it didn't happen, which right. isn't true at all. We can separate it and it didn't make it go away. Nobody has a time machine. We're not getting the DeLorean and going back to, you know, so 1980, it, it, yeah, whatever. We're saying, and, yeah, it happened. It happened. But what? But it doesn't have to impact my every day. Because we have given it so much power, haven't we? We have. And for holding a grudge. We give it so much power to control our day. We have. Um, a lot of power and it's funny because the longer we hang on to that grudge the more power it gets but life happens and the person we're holding the grudge from is aging and and changing too (laughs) and I've dealt with people who've had especially like grudges against their parents and they wouldn't speak to them and then something for like 20 years and then something happens and they they're faced with having to see them right and they've grown this grudge so big and they're thinking they're so powerful and these people are so you know monstrously horrible and they're like feeble and they're sweet and too. they're yeah and then they go see them and they're like oh my gosh i can't believe how feeble and or weak that they looked and because that grudge grew that strength in their head for so long and they thought that person was so big mad bad right. and mean absolutely the big bad wolf right. right exactly um but it happens like that you know so hanging on to grudges 
definitely gives us sympathy from people. Um, if we're oh, going for gosh, the, gosh, yes, for going attention, for the mm-hmm. sympathy. Oh well, poor thing, she went through this awful thing. Doesn't it give you a lot of respect when you find out something awful, really awful has happened to somebody 25 years ago and they've never told you about it and a friend or somebody tells you, you know, this awful tragedy happened. Really? I didn't know that. They've never mentioned it. What? I mean, isn't that kind of a, a, that's good. When people have dealt with it, whatever, right. and they don't wear it on their sleeve is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. And that's where we want to get to. We don't want our past. We don't want our resentments and grudges impacting who I am today. My lifestyle, my friends, my choices. Um, because it does. It, it does. does. When it? we hang on to it. So grudgers, do they tend to collect a circle of people that will sus- help sustain the grudge? Usually, yeah. You have to have people willing to bounce that back or hear it a million times or feel just as angry towards the person who offended you as, as the grudge holder feels. I mean, I can remember going into parties and I, I, with a friend and she'd look at me, oh, you see that girl over in their glass? You can't talk to her because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? I don't have that experience with that person. So, you know, but they'll, she was bonafide angry if I went and just introduced myself to the person she was so angry. Okay. Because it, yeah, it cut into her mm-hmm. ability to be mean yeah. to that person. And I wasn't taking her side, and I wasn't validating. Oh, the taking her side thing. Yes. I wasn't validating you were wronged. Um, and for some people, when they hang on to these grudges for so long, they don't know what life is like without it. Yeah, yeah. It's a comfort zone. It is a comfort zone. They're so used to it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that grudgers that have had things like the examples we gave last week and even the 70-year-old guy, that that it becomes such a part of them that they think it's normal and everybody acts like that? Oh, yeah. they don't, Most people don't have the insight to even see it as a grudge. Yeah. So they just think, okay, everybody has these awful things that happen. and oh, They may not think everyone's had awful things that happen, but they feel very normalized in their feelings. Okay. In fact, I've had conversations with people who have had horrible things happen and didn't hold the grudge. And the other person's holding grudge that had less kind of things if you measured it. And they're like, I don't understand. How can't you be so angry? How could you, you know, they got to the place of forgiveness and moving forward in their life and not carrying it through. And the other person was just so could not understand it at all. Right. Wow. Thought they were weird. Yeah, because it's their normal, right? A grudger has their normal. They have their normal little set of people around them that will reinforce their grudge or listen to it, at least listen to it. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, here's another common one where people are holding grudges, but they think they've had forgiveness. Right. Is when they say, oh, yeah, I forgave that person, but they keep talking about it. Right. And that's not forgiveness. No, it's not. Not that you never have that conversation again, but it's not a part of your daily life anymore. But I've known people who can go back and tell you the exact day, what year, and what happened in precise detail. And I really, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think as you begin to really work through forgiveness, that it becomes blurrier, that event. Now, I can believe that a lot of times you still have some stark memories if, you know, for a while. But, I mean, you're not going back and wanting to relive it every day. You don't want to do that. No, you're not. You're not giving it your energy, your time, your focus, Right. You your don't attention. want to do that. You don't want to. And maybe not so much that the details of the event become blurry, but the emotions of it the, do. The emotions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's painful to go back and relive it. So why would you why do, do it? that? So what happens is it's kind of like... A surgery scar, you know, when you have surgery, it's so painful and then you get your, you know, stitches, they heal. And years later, you'll look back and see the scar and touch it, but it doesn't hurt anymore. And that's forgiveness. When I can go back, I can talk about it. I can share this story, but I have forgiveness. It's not bringing that hurt into me anymore. It's just a little scar and I've moved forward. We got to start there next week, uh, letting go of grudges. And we need to talk more about forgiveness because too many people think forgiveness means that they no longer think about it, no longer have any memory of it. Um, 
uh, etc. There's some. I think there's some misconceptions, there's so many misconceptions, and maybe we can start there next week with the misconceptions of forgiveness because that's a huge part of letting go of grudges. Is. is this whole concept of forgiveness, and we're gonna have to get out of here in about two minutes. So. Uh, can you kind of go back, summarize? I love it when you summarize. I don't know. We've we've really just been all over the map, but we really haven't. We've been very honed in on how devastating being a grudge holder can be for you. It's it's hurting your life. It's hurting, it's your, hurting life. your life for mo- more than the actual event that caused the, the grudge. Oh, to begin absolutely. With. How much are you willing to give this event in your life? How absolutely. much are you sacrificing in your life because of this event? Have you sacrificed your dreams? Have you sacrificed your health? Have you sacrificed relationships? Because if you're holding a grudge, you're sacrificing every day for that one event. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. That's huge. So people that are grudge holders are sacrificing peace of mind. They're yeah. they're sacrificing having perhaps better friendships because if your circle of friends are just the ones who are going to hear you out all the time, that can't be a great friend. No. Real friendship has honesty and truth. Right. Doesn't mean you have to be abrasive and rude about it, but is at least willing to bring that mirror and help each other see the truth. Wow. Wow, Dr. Angel. You know, every week that we have these shows, and we've had so many topics through these three and a half years, we've done shows on abuse, we've done shows on honesty, we've done shows on... I mean, you name it, they're out there on our website and, and here on podcast. When we go through an intense time like this, tonight, last week, I just feel like people are being helped, that there are people out there that are listening that are going to take these pointers to heart, and it makes it all worthwhile for me. Absolutely. And I appreciate you extremely much because this is such a joy to be able to communicate these kinds of truths that we hope are changing lives. This show will be heard again this Saturday morning at 12 noon and Sunday morning at 12 noon on www.starcomradionetwork.com. You can catch us also on our Sunday afternoon show. It's not a life coaching show. It's a show about God living the good life. And that's every three, every Sunday at three o'clock. And um, also, we encourage you to just go back and listen to these shows, get involved with them, go to the podcast right here, tantalknetwork.com, podcast, then go to Goyard, and you can find last week's show. You'll be able to hear this one again in just a little while because Engineer Pete in there is going to have it up there on podcast yet tonight, which is such a blessing. We appreciate you, Pete. You're amazing. And and now you're going to have less stress because you have a new Goyard stress baseball. That yes. We, that we just gave you, right? I need that in my life. Right. See, so we all <laughs> need those. Yes. All right. Dr. Angel, wow, it's been fun. It has. I usually ask you who you are, but I think you know who you are, don't you? I do. Who are you? I'm Dr. Angel. Oh, okay. That's good to know. I'm Mama Mac, and this has been Go Yard, and we're going to see you next Thursday night. See ya. Have a good week. Good night. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So oh.